welcome to the beaten track. Uh, I'm Joe, and as always, I'm joined by Louis Baker. And today, hello, Joseph. Today, Louis, we are discussing the band to to rule them all, uh, the Beatles, yep. and we are we're discussing their sixth album, Rubber Soul. We are indeed, yeah. Um, I hadn't thought of it. I don't think I count with the albums. This sixth album, I hadn't thought of it that way. But yeah, it is. It is the sixth album. Well done. Um, well, I didn't count either. I looked it up, but I mean, we're not specific. Yeah, I get no. I, I'm yeah. Imagine you sort of on Spotify going one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. I think because I think before you know they started in '63. I guess with Please Please Me and with the Beatles, and they're so prolific in this period to have. Mm. This is their sixth album just in 1965 and uh, they released Help earlier in the year. This was December 1965. And then they sort of begin to space them out a bit more, I think. Um, yeah. This is really the, the the big boy. This is when they start getting a bit more sort of respectability in the music world and when they start sort of branching out to different... All of the sort of seeds of, of where the Beatles would later go, each member sort of they're all present here. You get the sort of George Harrison dipping into the sort of uh, sort of Indian style music, Indian classical, etc., and then just the songwriting developing and all the members a bit a bit more. And um, I mean, yeah, after Help, which was a kind of more typical rock and roll album, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely seen as the well seen as, and it and it, and it is the sort of um, it's transitional, but also signals a big shift. I think um, it's not just sort of caught in between the two styles. It definitely is more centered in the sort of later styles and the more album feel of, of things. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, it just stuck out as, as something. I, I think I picked it because um, it's the album that changed my perspective of the Beatles. Um, and one that to me isn't far off being a perfect album. Um, I return to it a lot, listen to it a lot. But I mean, when I say that it changed my perspective of the Beatles, I think before that, before listening to this album, the Beatles were always loved and, and respected and that. And I thought that I knew the Beatles, but they were just sort of like, like a, they were like a thing that I couldn't understand. Like I just hadn't listened to albums and they were just like, oh yeah, it's the Beatles. Everyone likes the Beatles. And then I listened, this was the album that I first sort of settled down into and which is ironic, really, because it's kind of the first, um, you know, it's maybe the first of their masterpieces, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, so that's why I, um, yeah, love the album. And yeah, it's why I picked it. So um, yeah, an exciting one. Yeah, it does feel a bit more low-key compared to, just in terms of reception as well, but also in terms of sound, compared to something like Revolver or Sgt. Pepper's, the next two albums, it's kind of, it's definitely still got that pop appeal of like a please please me or hard days night or something and but it's kind of like i think because it's more mellow and it's got more the folky edge and stuff you sort of there's songs that you kind of keep returning to because they're so perfect the way, but also because they're kind of you might forget about them if you're just listening to like the the top beatles songs or whatever and they're always kind of yeah fun to return to i guess it's quite a I don't know, yeah, it's, it's quite, a, it's not an overlooked album, obviously, because all the Beatles albums are quite popular, but it, but it rests in this kind of between place, but also as quite a, a singular album, a kind of, 
a place in their style that they don't quite return to anymore. Yeah, I think, yeah, I had that written down actually. It's a, on my notes, it says, is it overlooked in, in terms of the, um, and, I, and it's a strange one because, you know, I looked at, I did a classic sort of, I looked at a couple of like ranking the Beatles albums from worst to best, and it, and it always tends to come in as sort of number five. Okay. And there's the sort of, you know, you get Revolver, um, Sergeant Pepper, Abbey Road, and White Album coming ahead of it. I, I, I don't particularly agree with that, but that seems to be where it, where it kind of fits in. Um, but and I think it's also usually linked with Revolver, obviously, because those were two in a row, and they're probably the most transitional in terms of sound stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, but I, I, I think it's, I, I struggle to, to sort of, I don't really want to like get into a thing of ranking. Beatles album to anything, but um, yeah, I think it's a great album. What's your favorite Be- Beatles album, Joe? Um, probably Revolver. To, you know, that's just, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, this album, I think I, I probably enjoy it more than the White Album or maybe even Sgt. Pepper's. I don't quite know. I think, I think there's moments for me where Sgt. Pepper's is kind of very ambitious, but at the same time, it's kind of some of the songs I'm not as big a fan of. Whereas this, I think I enjoy every song quite a bit. So it might be a better album than Silent Peppers, technically. But I mean, Abbey Road and Revolver, I'd rate it higher. I think they're, they're my two favourite. My favourite is uh, The Best of the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think, no, I think no, there is an interesting discussion there, definitely. And I think. I listened to Revolver a little bit this week as well. And, and, and I do think that these that, that they have kind of. Slightly similar, definitely different sound. They are definitely sort of singular, more singular, like singular albums. But there is like this relationship between them, and, and yeah, I was kind of trying to decide in my head which one I preferred, and I didn't really come to a conclusion. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just I think it's kind of safe to say that all five of those albums are pretty much um, fantastic. So you can kind of get bogged down in a in the sort of and trying to say which one's better, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I thought this album was um, would be an interesting one to do. And and yeah, I, I don't know whether we want to talk about the Beatles in general, because I guess there's not really much we can say. Well, there's definitely nothing we can say that it hasn't been said before. Um, no, I mean, yeah, they're, they're one of my favourite bands. I love them to bits. <laughs> I, I sort of got to them quite late, to be fair, in general, because... I first listened to them sort of when I was in sixth form, really, when they first came on Spotify. Um, so I was incredibly late okay. to the Beatles, just because they, they never, you know, they don't often get played on the radio because that's just not quite the music that's played and they weren't played in my house or anything. So I just wasn't, I was sort of aware of them as a cultural phenomenon, but not, I'd never actually listened to the songs in, in almost any way. So it was kind of, it was definitely a revelation for me and I sort of got into them quite heavily. So yeah, but relatively recent compared to most people, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I have the, yeah. I mean, just sort of heard them a lot from, I guess it's sort of a regional thing with um, obviously lots of family from Liverpool. They were just sort of played um, loads, but I think then you can fall into the trap of just thinking, you know, the band without maybe going on and discovering themselves, which I'm glad that I did sort of later on a little bit. But I mean, part of the reason that I think I like the Beatles so much, this is going to go a little bit of a tangent um, and be a bit rambly, but I will 
cut it short eventually. Um, part of the reason why I've become more interested in the Beatles is to do with their image, really, as well. I think that they provided um, this sort of overwhelmingly positive image of, of, of like the northern post-war working class. And, and this is classic nerdy me getting involved here. But um, yeah, I think, and we talked before on the podcast about like kitchen sink dramas and stuff like that and 50s, sort of 60s perceptions of of the north and stuff and i think it's one of the few times where the north's been able to kind of um battle its negative depiction and it's kind of it, it took hold of its own sort of um image a little bit as well and, and i think rarely as a band being so that's so international so globally successful has been so linked to its like hometown and stuff you know um you think of all these other bands you know that the stones led zeppelin the who where you know no one's asked where they're from the Beatles are you know so closely associated with Liverpool and this sort of image of 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 sort of like a working class identity and stuff that I think is has now made me more interested in the Beatles than I was even when I probably listened to this album for the first time yeah I mean I well I don't know if I totally agree or if it's worth exploring more because I feel like Obviously, the class aspect is something you know about as a fan of the Beatles, and it's kind of obvious to everyone. But do you think it's almost an aspect that is kind of overlooked in a way because they come instead to of standing for like you know northern working class men or something? It becomes like they almost to a certain point become like classless when not when they mm. get to a certain popularity, but they're so iconic that it's kind of almost the images of them and the the ideas of that have sort of been sort of loosened from that almost. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely become, certainly become loosened and they become so international. Perhaps, perhaps again, it's a, it's a more regional thing just from growing up where I grew up, but just, I mean, the Beatles are so sort of, um, I guess that the, the, they're so sort of um, like strapped down to place in my mind and stuff. And they're so associated with that place. And I think maybe, you know, um, the global perspective of the Beatles, you wouldn't think so much about um, about what I've been talking about. But I, I certainly think that if you're from um, the North, or whatever, and, and I think that's that's definitely an important part of what they represent, and particularly earlier on in their in their um, career as well. Like I was watching loads of YouTube videos about um, the whole thing with Ted Heath saying he couldn't understand what they were saying. And uh, because of the accents and everything, and and like the way that that came across, and and like the way that they sort of rebutted the like their rebuttals to that sort of question and stuff, and I think that's really that's really important. And the fact that they become something great, I think, is a is a great sign of 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 what can happen to you know people like this. So I don't think it's a sort of I don't think it's a negative thing that they became something something massive, really. And um, yeah, and at least they were able to sort of control their own um, image, I guess. No, no, you're right, and like because I, I was just wondering, into, yeah, in terms of image and stuff. But I mean, I think they're still like a, even as a pop, a popular sort of artifact, whatever. They're still speaking to that kind of background, except even as as popular entertainment, and yeah, the regional stuff and sort of accent stuff is a good thing to point out because when I was listening to this album, I was constantly thinking about about the Beach Boys, and I was thinking about how different the harmonies are in this uh, mm. this album compared to the Beach Boys, and especially compared to like something like Pet Sounds, which was directly inspired by this album. There's so, there's something of like a raspiness and, and almost like a quite an sort of 
yeah, quite a loose and sort of unfurnished kind of quality to some of the the harmonies. You know, sometimes you'll hear like a a John voice in the background. It's kind of it's got this real kind of yeah rasp to it and this real texture to it. Whereas you know, a lot of sort of pop groups and a lot of um, sort of deriving from like a doo-wop tradition or you know R&B traditions, etc. That there's a different sense of harmony and stuff. And although the Beatles were obviously heavily inspired by people like Little Richard or, or Chuck Berry, people, you know, dozens and dozens of artists, even Elvis, etc. Like, there's definitely a certain uniqueness that's not just in their musicality, but it's also directly in their vocals and in the background, etc. That's kind of reflected on the album, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I think so. And I think this album, it's, it's interesting that you say that because in their early music, it was very, the, the lyrics and, and stuff were very universal. You know, it was very much the sort of, um, the, the sort of classic pop songs and lots of old rock and roll standards. But as you got further into their career, they started to confront, you know, this is probably the first album where the Beatles became sort of more introspective a little bit. You know, you've got In My Life where John's sort of um, looking at his childhood in Liverpool, um, even though not sort of mentioning places. But, you know, and as you go on, then we start to get sort of, you know, you get Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields, and you start to see the sort of um, the confrontation with um, with sort of like named places and, and like their own memory and stuff like that and their own identity, whereas previously the Beatles were more just sort of... Sort of um, you know, the lyrics were kind of just about sort of like relationships and they were kind of throw away and it was more about the melodies and stuff. But now you kind of get these lyrics that are more um, emblematic of, of the people they are and where they're from and stuff. And then obviously, you know, in the solo careers, you, de- you know, with John Lennon's solo career, you definitely get a feeling of that. Even though he'd long left Liverpool and stuff like that, but you definitely get that feeling. So yeah, I think on this album, you, you, you can definitely feel more maybe the Beatles Ident- their own like, personal identity coming through, um, which I'm sure is something we'll touch on as we as we get into it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about like a track like Norwegian Wood or something, I feel like the accent John's doing on there is definitely sort of inspired by traditional folk, but then it's still got that sort of uniqueness and definitely, yeah, not an obscuration of his accent. It's kind of taking it in the kind of half and half. It's kind of half Beatles, half sort of traditional folk. And obviously there's a huge Dylan uh, influence on this album throughout, but especially on some of the the John Lennon and the George Harrison songs. And um, yeah, and also in the lyrics, you get a more, not just a personal aspect, but there's an element of wit and an element of irony, kind of bitterness and also like narrative uh, sequences in the songs, such as Norwegian Wood. It's kind of, yeah, just a more intelligent, perspective and, and one that's more willing to take I think they were certain kind of sure of themselves in a certain way of their success that they're they're willing to take these songs in slightly different ways and um just experiment a bit more in terms of the structures and the lyrics etc yeah I mean yeah definitely yeah I think it's interesting you know, I know you mentioned about Dylan there I mean definitely that's an important part of of the sort of Beatles story was them um I think they they played with or, and and met sort of Dylan um, before making this record and and the influences of Dylan's sort of lyric lyrical style definitely felt in in what in what in the things you were talking about there and also other bands well obviously there's their older 
influences that you mentioned before, Elvis, etc. But in this record, you definitely get a sense of the birds and um, and Dylan um, definitely come in, and also Indian music as well, and and and, and folk music definitely gets um, starts to influence uh, the Beatles here. And then also the album's very interesting, and you mentioned this earlier before as well. Um, for the influences it then had on people, you know, uh, the Beach Boys particularly, uh, John Cale, Lou Reed, Velvet Underground, that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a very in, it fits in very interestingly in that, in this sort of period of uh, of sixties rock and roll. But you certainly hear the um, the influences of um, of Dylan and the Birds on on this record. Yeah, I think the Birds one is kind of reciprocal influence because I think they owe quite a lot to the Beatles, but also they're much yeah. more later through their career taking the sort of folk rock more in depth but, i mean some of the textures that you got on this album you don't really see repeated in the same way and the beatles just got some of like the fuzzy guitars and uh the sitar tones on some of them it's, it's not george harrison becomes incredibly interested in the kind of compositional aspect of classical indian music but here he's using the sort of sitar as a background kind of thing and it's got kind of provides this sort of weird sort of mellow tone and and it's more interesting the sort of folk rock aspect and yeah they never quite sort of replicated that as a band whereas the birds would take that and, and sort of take that as almost their main sort of mission as a band um, yeah yeah definitely yeah you get the folk definitely folk rock influences but also um the sort of psychedelic influences as well and and we know that um um, sort of psychedelic drugs became a big part of what the Beatles sort of uh, were writing about and stuff later on. But I think definitely on this record, we start to get the influences of um, psychedelic music. And and yeah, I think they become a little bit more, I guess, expressive in that sense. And, um, you know, you get you get songs like, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably go into the songs in a minute, but songs like sort of Nowhere Man and... Um, also Norwegian wood, I guess, as well, that have more these sort of acid rock sort of senses to them as well, particularly with um, with Lennon at the time. Um, so yeah, there's lots of lots of changes going on. I think this um, is the, also, I was going to say I think this is the last uh, the last album as a live band, and I think very marginally. I think you know they they perform some of these songs in Japan. I think you can see see them do Nowhere Man or something. But I mean, this is the the end. Of their live period as well and i think they become especially with revolver a band that's much more interested in production and in mixing and kind of experimenting in the studio and and what you get with this album is still the more tight sort of rock and roll focus but a kind of a, a willingness to be a bit sort of more messy and experimental you get you know a bit of guitar feedback or, or this more distorted guitar sound etc that's kind of absent from earlier records so it, yeah that's another transition i guess but, yeah yeah i mean all i was going to say is i guess before we get into the songs is that i think um what you get on this album which i guess is kind of similar to revolver uh, in a way but i think fundamentally what you get is these kind of short um sort of vignettes of 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 sort of subtle and, and creative melodies and I think each track kind of grabs you in a slightly sort of different way. I, I think it's pretty engaging and direct, whilst also being kind of much more experimental than their than their sort of earlier stuff. And and yeah, I think that 
I don't particularly think that there's, a, even though I don't think that all the songs are sort of at the same level on this one, I don't, I still don't think there's a lot of filler in it. Um, perhaps Revolver is slightly above that in terms of the consistency of the songs, but I still think it's a, a really consistent record. And um, yeah, and I think the tracks are of quality standard. Yeah, should we get into the? I think the first track we we'll definitely have to talk about because it's almost like a kind of different, slightly different vibe to the rest of the album, I guess. Mm. Um, although, although you know, in many ways there's similarities, but it starts with "Drive My Car," which is one of those those songs that's not a Beatles single, but it's still kind of you know anyone would know the song. It's kind of got that sort of iconic status for you know just being catches hell basically in a very sort of fun pop song by ball so that's the girl what she wanted to be she said baby can't you see Yeah, I think you think you're right. Um, that it's it's not it's not my favourite of the album, and, it, and it's not typical really of the new the newer sound that we get. Um, but there's still quite a lot to love in terms of like there's the sort of I think the bass guitar on it is probably closely linked to the sort of development of the times. Is the bass sounds great on it, and there's the great sort of piano fills on the chorus as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of it's funny that they start with that, um, bef- and and that's kind of like a not not a throwback, but it's kind of more of a recognisable sort of Beatles song. And then the next song, um, Norwegian Wood, is where the album starts to sort of take another shape and take a little bit of a of a different direction. Yeah, you do get the glimpses of that kind of guitar sound. It's a bit more sort of shrill, a bit more sort of. Yeah, it definitely sounds different to some of the earliest uh, people's albums, but at the same time, yeah, it's kind of this this pop sound. But but of course, uh, Paul would return to that throughout. You know, even the White Album and stuff. He kind of keeps that love of kind of traditional rock and roll and stuff. And and yeah, the kind of the piano is great. And the, there's actually a few tracks on here that have great piano melodies. And and the bass, I think, I think it just might as also be more pronounced on this album but there's so many mm. good bass lines almost every song is just sort of the, the rhythm sections indelible like you, you just can't beat it really. so yeah and then obviously you get uh norwegian wood um as the second track um and yeah i mean i guess it's a sort of lennon masterpiece i guess but I, from the opening sort of sitar an acoustic guitar and also the opening line and it suggests something sort of far more oblique and, and like, uh, and complex, I guess, than, than perhaps what, um, you'd have been used to before this. And, and, and there's a sort of, um, a mystical kind of folk feel to this one. And it's kind of a perfect background for like the topic of the song, which is this kind of like veiled reference to, um, John's extramarital affair. And, um, yeah, I guess it's just a song that really starts 
it kind of is, is probably the song that starts the album, I guess, in a way, even though it's the second song, because, um, you know, it's, even though it's just two minutes long, the sort of wit of it, the, the cleverness of the lyrics and, and the sort of enchantingness of this, of the, um, of the, the sort of the folk guitars and stuff. I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's just an excellent song. Yeah. It's kind of almost got the sparse sense. It's kind of this quiet, this sort of, you know, leads you into the rest of the album, which although you get pop tracks, like the next, the next one you won't see me is kind of a pop track almost. They do have this different, this different feel, the kind of folk rock. So yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I don't have much more to say about it than that, really. I mean, and then yeah. Amy has got these harmonies again, these sort of la 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 in the background. It's got this kind of quite often repeated, I think, um, sent like chorus. And it's just, yeah, everything about it is kind of, I don't know, this, this is another Paul song, isn't it, really? And it's kind of got that, that repetition not repetitiveness but that kind of quality where it's just almost a sing-along quality and a kind of yeah I like the um the sort of pre-chorus and how the sort of the attitude of the song basically is kind of jolts between the kind of you know the kind of fret of you won't see me to the kind of almost an insecurity of it so there's different tones coming through the vocals and performances yeah, you definitely get the. Um, I guess as a contrast from that that song before, definitely more of a sort of um, pop-driven, yeah, the more classical sort of um, Paul sense of melody coming through on that one. Um, I find that song sort of coming back into my head quite a lot. Actually, it's a song that, as with many Beatles songs, they, they will pop up in your head from time to time, and you'll sing them, and uh, you won't see me. It's definitely one of them that sort of will just come up, and I'll be like, oh yeah. Um, that sort of caught my uh, mind today. And there's the track after that, obviously, is um, is No Woman. Um, I guess another extremely important track where the album sort of looks inwards and takes a slightly different shape. Um, the first Beatles track, I think, that that didn't sort of address a, a boy-girl relationship, which is kind of kind of a crazy thing to think about, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's a sort of slightly dreamy and hazy feel to the um, the thing, and it's got a very soft chorus. And um, yeah, I think it's up there, I, with, along with a couple of the, the tracks in this, and they t- tend to be the Lennon or, or Harrison tracks that that stick out as my some of my favourite Beatles tracks. And, and Nowhere Man is up there for me. It's, it's one of my favourites. Yeah, I like the sort of because it almost when you hear it. The, the start it doesn't sound like it's kind of this this insular kind of this self uh portrait almost but then it's got the lyrical turns of, of like isn't he a bit like you and me so it's kind of what could just be a kind of almost accusatory song or even this kind of it's almost got this nursery rhyme type feel it's very sort of almost quite a simple song but then yeah these sort of slight sort of turns that kind of give it a greater sort of meaning and um yeah, it's kind of one of the, the iconic John songs, I guess. It's kind of definitely got that inwardness and that kind of melancholy and, yeah. Where do you want to go? What 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 tracks do you want to talk about? Um, I, I think some of them you can sort of list off almost. I mean, 
I I think it's it's weird because like some of them they're, they're kind of you might overlook them in terms of they're not necessarily the most like singular or most innovative sort of songs. But I mean, just on this side of the album, you get I, I really like um, both the word and Michelle. They're kind of I mean, the word is kind of this again, this kind of repeated kind of pop chorus, etc. But it's got this wonderful sort of bridge in it and and this almost sort of honky tonk style piano and it's kind of yeah all the different kind of influence i guess it's kind of got the soulful aspect it's kind of got this um it's almost like a a sort of gospely like um but in a secular way it's all about the word you know about following love etc it's got a very hippie-ish sort of pop song and and i, I don't know i found the some of the piano leads just sort of they sort of anticipated Lady Madonna, the latest sort of Beatles track. They do have that that R and B style, and like um, I think a lot of those just minor elements of the musicianship that are just really interesting and really like you might overlook them if you just listen to the album once or something. And then the same with Michelle. I mean, like you can think of it as a kind of classic Paul song and it's kind of quite um twee almost and quite you know you could look down upon it almost but it's such a you know the melody is so good he's just writing like at this point just melodies that are completely like yeah he was he was unbelievable as a songwriter and, and i love that song uh, yeah and um yeah i mean I, I, one of my favorite tracks actually is um is weight which i think it could be an overlooked one but i love I think before um, Day in the Life from Sgt. Pepper is one of those tracks where you really get a sense of of the the division of the two songwriters. And you have, you know, um, John singing the chorus and then you have um, yeah Paul doing you know, the pre-chorus, etc. So it's got this great sense of interplay and this great sort of shift almost in tone and, and in time. So it's, yeah, lots of fun sort of slightly slightly inverted or slightly different pop songs that kind of yeah 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 definitely i mean i'd agree with the with both on weight which i think is i think the last three tracks the end of the album is actually like i i really enjoy the end of the album um although i guess those songs are kind of overlooked a little bit and i'd definitely agree with what you said about michelle because um yeah you get on that the sort of european folk feel that you also get on on noise and warden that i guess also comes in in a couple of the tracks really um i just think it's great um it's the kind of thing that just sort of slips into this album and, and works so well and yet yeah, that that whole melody that paul's creating at that point is yeah like you said it's um yeah ridiculously good um and then yeah you come into the sort of back half of the album i guess you've got girl um which is another talking a lot about sort of lennon's tracks i think me here but um it's possibly the best song on the album i guess She's looking good, she acts as if it's understood, she's cool. 
to me anyway, it once again creates something sort of dreamlike and intoxicating. You've got the Greek folk guitars, like similar to what I just mentioned, and these sharp intakes of breath before the chorus that are like kind of strange and 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 yeah, like it's like extremely sort of breathy. And um and Harrison doing the sort of like the um just like kind of like singing like not i don't even know what it is the noise that he's making in the background during the uh, during the choruses but yeah it's cheaping isn't um, it? it's like a beep yeah <laughs> it's good. yeah it's like he's like doing a bird in the background i think yeah and um and yeah it's just brilliant um yeah great song yeah i think this is you know one of the only albums before like the white album that you have i think you have two george harrison songs on the album and then you have the ringo track which is a classic country um yeah it's yeah. very much what Ringo's suited to, I think. And yeah, quite fun, really. I mean, um, he has a similar thing going on in Help, which is almost also a kind of folk-infused album in a way, and a country-infused album in a way. Uh, I think it's interesting, the kind of the aesthetic of this album, just in general, what they were sort of trying to do and what... Because I've, I've got the vinyl or whatever, and um, on the back, they are all sort of... You know, George Harrison's wearing a cowboy hat and... He's got almost those like trousers that cowboys have and stuff with the different colored pockets, etc. It's kind of almost the sense of, of just inhabiting that world, not not quite being like a folk band or something. It's almost kind of a theme that they're sort of dipping into. And I think Ringo certainly gives it that kind of novel aspect, I guess, that kind of. Yeah, I, I, re- I really like Ringo as a vocalist, especially on the sort of country kind of tracks. He really sells that quite well, I think. Yeah, I mean, I th- I, yeah, I think it does sort of um, sort of fit in um, that track. What goes on? Yeah, I, I think it works. Um, and and yeah, I definitely the Harrison thing of Harrison's definitely starting to sort of come into his own with um, "Think for Yourself" and "If I Needed Someone." Both really strong tracks and, and tracks that are maybe perhaps overlooked in in terms of the best sort of Harrison Beatles tracks, but are both pretty great and and um again incorporate like fuzzy bass guitars and 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 um and stuff and yeah very just yeah just very good um and i guess the only other track that i think probably that hasn't been mentioned i guess is in my life um which is one of those ones that i guess is difficult really to say a lot on but it's yeah i mean so such a jump in terms of Lennon's songwriting from well actually there's a bit of dispute isn't there over who actually came up with most of it so I won't sort of say it was one it was, we'll say it was both it was 50 50 of both of them but, but um it's such a jump in terms of their songwriting from uh, from the earlier days and it's so nostalgic and, and heartfelt and just sounds like wonderful and yeah it's it's an excellent 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 track and um yeah, I mean, yeah, it's in my life. What what can you say about it? But yeah, and also worth noting that Johnny Cash's cover of it because if you ever needed someone to make a sad song sadder, you get Johnny Cash. In. He's the man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I will say actually that in terms of think for yourself and stuff like that, like I think George Harrison's lyrics are really coming as their own on this album as well. Like in in many ways, it's a similar subject matter to like um, "You Won't See Me" and, and "Run for Your Life." It's this kind of angsty sort of um, threatening breakup kind of song or 
this kind of split but i think some of the turns of phrases and stuff that he uses are quite sort of they're, they're more interesting in a way and i think even if melodically it might not be the best sort of track on the album i think that sort of fuzz guitar and that sort of angrier sort of sound in the lyrics i think it's quite yeah quite impressive i guess and i think i think this was what his one of his favorite albums possibly just because he got the most time on it i guess but yeah yeah i think he said it was his it was his favorite um um and and the best one that they made so which is which is obviously interesting thing to hear but yeah you're right in terms of think for yourself um the first Harrison track on it yeah i definitely see sort of from someone who you know hadn't got many opportunities to someone who was now you know writing as good you know one of the best songs on the album if you like and uh, and yeah it's a great track and the sort of unusual chorus the chord progression in the chorus and stuff that is yeah that's really great so yeah um yeah i don't know how, how much more you want to say about it really i know we kind of jumped all over the place a little bit there but um it's just it is a, it's a, it has a lot of different influences and, and kind of different things going on despite being consistent as well but yeah i think it's a great album mm. Do you, ever, do you ever find "Run for Your Life" a bit sort of cringy lyrically? Or... That's yeah, it's interesting you say that. I quite like. I don't know. I, I maybe didn't think about the lyrics that much until I was like writing my notes, and and um, I think I probably took it as more tongue in cheek, and then um, because of because it has that kind of like the slide guitars, and it's just kind of maybe a little bit sleazy, and it's kind of aggressive but kind of sleazy, and it's like sound, but. Um, yeah, maybe maybe it does overdo it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, his, his vocals do sound a bit different as well. It's kind of this quite nasal, so it does sound almost prodic at times. But yeah, it's odd that, like, I think this album's really, like, the two poles of John Lennon. You get some of his best lyrics and then some of his more sort of just ones that aren't quite as developed and then, and then mm. it sort of gives way to... Because then, from that point on, really, in terms of the Beatles, it's just pumping out gold, basically. So, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy this album, and I like the, I like the artwork as well. It's probably one of the less iconic sort of Beatles artworks, but I love the sort of aesthetic, the sort of warped, um, yeah, it's very good. Sort of, yeah, and um, even if it's not the. I think, yeah, I've probably listened to this album more than a lot of Beatles albums, so I think I'm more likely to, just because it is so sort of easy to get into and kind of but still has that variety in, in the songwriting and in the styles of it that maybe like the early ones don't have, even if they're quite accessible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a great album. I would agree. Artwork's great. And, and yeah, I think it probably maybe is a good one to listen to before you were maybe going to listen to Revolver or um, White Album or even Sgt Pepper. Or, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess there's not not loads more to say about it. I think it, it just is, it is what it is. It is rubbery and solely and it's great. Mm, yeah. Uh, we both have quizzes today, don't we? Yeah, we do. Do you want to start? Yeah, mine's just normal trivia quiz. Okay, I think, I think this is good. I like a, no a normal trivia quiz. I think it's quite difficult. I don't think you're going to 
you're going to do very well. Yeah, they, yours usually are quite difficult, mate. Yeah, but I mean, the problem is, like, if we're doing a podcast now, you've probably seen, like, the Wikipedia page or something, so I don't want to... I don't want to go really easy. Mm. I've got to... Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it's always a learning experience, even if you don't know them. So we'll see. Okay. They're all, they're all about the album, though. It's nothing to... Um, That's related to okay. It doesn't make them easy, but it makes them understandable, I guess. Uh, number one, Louis. The cover photo of the album was taken in the garden of which Beatles member? Ah... Okay, I don't, I don't know the answer to this. Um, I saw a thing about how they sort of stretched the faces of it and like manipulated the, the to to make them look all weird. But I didn't, they, I can't remember them saying, um, which which member it was. I'm just going to guess um, George Harrison. No, it's John. Oh, in, in a way, apparently. Um. It's quite funny that they all had like these weird country homes like in the mid-60s. It's kind of quite quaint that they've just sort of... Yeah. Know. Seems like an odd sort of... I don't know. They guess they just want to chill out in the country. That's fine. That's, you know, that's relatable. Um, number two. Which US album at first featuring the Notorious Butcher cover featured four Rubber Soul tracks omitted from the US version of the album? Um... Oh god, this is where my Beatles the the knowledge of the album because we had this the other week, didn't we? We were talking about with the Beatles and Meet the Beatles. Yeah, I think one... it's either gonna be Magical Mystery Tour. I think that's an American one that wasn't a UK one, or it's gonna be like one that I can't think of. Like is Yellow Submarine a US one that's not a... I'm gonna do a magical mystery tour. No, it's yesterday and today. Oh for God's sake. Was Magical fair? Mystery Tour a US one? Well, Magical Mystery Tour is a US album, but I think if you listen to Magical Mystery Tour, even on like Spotify, you'll be listening to that version. Because in the UK, it was just an EP. Okay, okay. So yeah. The Magical Mystery Tour that we know is, is the US version. That's the only one that's okay. stood its place, I guess. Oh, it's so it's very weird because Rubber Soul in the US ha- doesn't have Drive My Car. It has like a few songs from Help. And then Yesterday yeah. Today is a, a few songs from Revolver. A few songs from Rubber Soul and like two songs from Help or something. It's very odd. Yeah, I was getting confused reading that. It was like because they were talking about the singles on it as well. They were talking about like Day Tripper and stuff. And I was like, well, these aren't, this has got nothing to do with this album. And, and, and I, I was getting confused. The USA yeah, very... only, only confuses people. Exactly. And, you know, they were trying to get more money out of people as well because they only have mm. like 10 songs. It's ridiculous. Okay. I've got number three. It's a, it's a missing word round. Okay. Fill in this this Ringo quote about Rubber Soul. Our whole attitude was changing. We'd grown up a little. I think blank was really influential in a lot of our changes. Um, it's just, yeah. Um, I don't. It's just one it, word. It, it could be referring to a person. It could be a sort of. It could be an instrument, or it could be a substance. Um, I think it could be anything. I, it could be anything. I'm going to go with the substance. I'm going to go, uh, is it uh, marijuana? Yes. It's, I think grass was really influential in a lot of our changes. Boom. Yeah. So yeah, that's one out of three. Yeah. And there are obscure questions. So it's very... Impressive. That's my usual. My usual score is one out of three. So it's good to be consistent. Mm, and it very easily could have been, I think Bob was really influential or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Or... It could be, yeah, that really could have been anyone. 
I have got to bring us back round into the world of of wider alternative music in honour of uh, Norwegian Wood. This bird has flown. I've got songs. I've got a quiz about songs with brackets in them. Oh, okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the contents of the brackets in in a famous song, and I want you to tell me the rest of the title of the song, and obviously you can tell me who it's by. Um, hopefully the kind of in between. Do I have to tell not... you who it's by? Is that a point? Is that no? I mean, the, no. The point is just the song title. But I think once you get the song, I'm doubting that you're going to be able to guess the song title without getting the band. Anyway. Okay. Okay. So obviously. If it was Norwegian Wood, this bird has flown, I would say this bird has flown, and then you would say mm. Norwegian Wood. Okay, number one. There's four of them. So the first one, oh, wow. um, it, in the brackets of this song, it says, and I feel fine. Oh, yeah. Wait. Mm. He's, oh, he's thinking. Oh, I was getting confused because there's a Beatles song called I Feel Fine, but that's not... Does it not well? The song, the song doesn't have a bracket. Wait. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, Louis. Would you like me to tell you um, yeah. that it's by REM? Oh, well, it's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Good. Yeah, I just. Oh. I think I think I might have been quite mean. I'm now thinking of that one. Not actually thinking this quite might be quite mean, but we'll, mm. we'll, we'll stick with it. Second one is um, open bracket naive melody close bracket. Oh, that's um, talking heads with um, this must be the place. Yeah, very well done, solid. Okay, number three, open bracket so far away close bracket. Now this is. I think it's a difficult one, but I know that you are a fan of this song. Um, um, He's thinking hard. It's not. No, it's not. It's just not ringing. I think it's either I instantly know it or I just haven't got a clue. I mean, mm. it's by Flock of Seagulls. Oh, it's Iran. Yeah, <laughs> Iran, so far away. Yeah. And last one. So you've got one out of three so far, which is pretty respectable. No, um, open bracket with someone you shouldn't have, close bracket. Oh, well, that's of course the Buzzcocks with Ever Fallen in Love. It is. Isn't Ever it? Fallen in Love with someone you shouldn't have. There you go. Well done there, mate. Two out of four. That is respectable. Yeah, I think so far, I, I just forgot. Like, I just forgot. It's it's, partic- it's particularly difficult because you're not reading the song titles. You're having me read them to you. But I think that just makes it mm. even more difficult to if imagine. If I think of Iran, I'm not, I'm not thinking of the brackets. I mean, it's the end of, yeah, I think some of them I should have known just by the phrases. But... Another band from Liverpool. There you go. That, 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 there's a nice link for you. Probably the best band from Liverpool, I'd say. Yeah, probably. Mm. And so, yeah, there we go. There's a conclusion of my um, parenthesis brackets quiz. Nice. We've done. And we're, that's the end of our episode, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We will see everyone next week uh, when we do something of my choosing. And, you know, before we know it, will be another list week, I guess. I don't know. Um, we'll yeah, time, time, time flies when you're having fun. It does, yes. Uh, thanks for listening everyone and we'll see you next week see you next week